November 27, 2019. It's a lot from Pedro Show.
tenderly I can't forget how two hearts met breathlessly Your arms open wide and closed me For Pedro Show. Happy Wednesday before Thanksgiving. I'm fighting off some fucking cold that's trying to get me and it won't let. Uh, uh, yeah, I gotta play Palm Springs Friday. But anyway, uh, very honored to have a on the show today uh, Rebecca Turner. Uh, are you calling from New Jersey? Yep, Maplewood, New Jersey. Okay. Is that close to Jersey City? Yeah, it's kind of close. It's like a 20-minute drive with no traffic. Because uh, I've played the radio station there a bunch. Oh, FMU, WFMU, my favorite radio station of all time. And now I think there's a gig downstairs. There is. It's called Monty Hall. And it's a great venue. Yeah, you can see the river right there. Uh, yeah? Yeah. Start off the show with uh, really my dear John Coltrane and Thelonious Monk. That period between the two shifts he pulled for miles. And I think that's when he kicked the shit. Uh, the year I was born. Uh, and then tenderly, Rebecca Turner. Rebecca, can you uh, tell me your earliest musical recollection? Um, my earliest musical recollection is being in nursery school and somebody put on Peter, Paul, and Mary. Um, it was the song Lemon Tree. And I guess I'd heard music before, but that was the first time that it hit me like a ton of bricks that music was, you know, the greatest thing that I had yet to discover. I just remember just kind of like buzzing and dancing around the room and feeling like, the world of possibilities had opened up to me. How old were you? Four. Four. Yeah, because I thought you, you said you graduated high school. Jesus <laughs> Christ. <laughs> <That> was- <coughs> Sorry. Sorry about that. I cracked myself up. Too much. <laughs> too much. Too strong. Okay. Tell me something about the pad you grew up in. Were your parents, uh, were they listeners? Did they make music? Yeah, they didn't make music. My dad was a huge music fan. He loved opera most of all. And my mom loved show tunes, um, you know, Broadway musicals. And my dad, when I was around the same time that I when I was four years old and really started to discover music, it was like, you know, the late sixties, early seventies. And he was very into rock radio at that time. 
But he was a big opera fan. He was an opera fan, but yet he just, there was something about rock and roll that he also liked. In his later years, he decided that... I'm sorry. Hmm? Opera was probably more a thing off records. And radio yes, and had he had tons, and, tons yeah. and tons of opera records, which I still have. Okay, you know what I mean. That they kind of changed. So uh, yes, contemporary would have been rock and roll radio, huh? Yeah, yeah. And, and so he listened. Yeah, he because listened I, to, like, I wanted to know station. where you uh, picked up on the lemon tree, because that's not exactly opera or show tunes. Yeah, kind of, kind of I folk. think I. Yeah, it was folk. Um, And then I really came to, when he was really into rock and roll, like the Rolling Stones and stuff like that, that's when I, he would make these tapes. He would tape things off the radio from the New York radio stations. And then I would listen to those tapes endlessly. And they had things like the Rolling Stones on them and the Beatles and Leon Russell and... All kinds of stuff. And that's when I really kind of fell in love with rock and roll. So your pop kind of made his own mixtapes. He did. Wow. And I still have one of them. He was way ahead of the curve because, you know, when the movement came, that was a big deal with us. Yeah, he was way ahead of the curve that way. And uh, and your ma likes show tunes, but they're both li- the listeners. There's no musical instruments in the house. No, my mother's mother was a piano teacher, so there was always a piano ah, okay. in, in, in the house. And I took lessons, um, but neither of And my dad kind of played. He would sort of pick through some stuff. Can, can I ask you, Rebecca, because this is... Yes. With a lot of people, this is a big dealio, the, the era of the piano lesson. It's usually when they're young. It either gets yeah. them to hate the piano or love it. Yeah. Well, I sort of hated it and sort of loved it. My dad wanted me to learn classical music, but the teacher came over and I had bought all these songbooks, like, um, you know, music songbooks. I really loved Linda Ronstadt, and I had Linda Ronstadt songbook. And she, rather than teaching me the classical stuff, she showed me taught me how to play all chords and then showed me that I could play the chords using the guitar tabs that were in the songbook. So to accompany your singing? Yes, and that's that's how it all started. Wow. And I never really learned classical at all. No, you, you learned it as a, yeah, like the way you see it in the movies where people use it to back up a song. Yep. What about school? Were you in the band or the choir or shit like that? I was in the always in the choir, and I started to, I was very self-conscious about my voice. I liked to be in the big group of people, and I didn't think that I could ever have a solo or anything, because I sang very quietly, and I didn't really learn how to sing loudly until later in my life. I still don't sing that loud. Yeah, yeah, but that's okay. There's enough people singing loud. That's true. <laughs> I'm curious. Did you uh, like try a recorder or a violin or? Oh, yeah. We all had to. We all had to learn recorder. Like everybody, everybody yeah, I know got right. that recorder in the little plastic green bag and yeah. had to take it home. Um, and 
yeah, I didn't really cotton on to any of those things. But the most exciting instrument I played, I remember it was in second grade, there was an auto harp in the room. Yeah. And people would play um, My Country, Tis of Thee, which I know has a regular title, but I always call it My Country, Tis of Thee, on that auto harp. And I love doing that. Again, like an accompaniment kind of thing. Yes. Uh, so you really didn't get into instrument playing. Yeah. So, because the next question I usually ask is people, what about after school, You're in the basement, in the bedroom, in the garage? Well, that was really listening for me, like really, really intense listening. Once I got into albums and vinyl albums, yeah. I just spent all my time listening. And I did what a lot of kids my age did was the Columbia Records Club where there was an ad in the paper where you could send in a penny and get 12 albums. Do you remember this? Yeah, but I think it was a dime, and they send you one every month, and if you didn't send it back, you had to pay for it. Yes. Well, in this case, they had this opening offer that was a dime or a penny or a quarter or something, and you would get 12, and then... You after that, then the thing kicked in where you had to send it back or keep it. But yeah. the first that all kids got taken in by was those twelve albums for the dime or whatever. And the day those twelve albums came was the most exciting day of my life so far. <laughs> oh wow! So uh, here, I want to play this here, uh, "Living Rock."
Kada mjasme strata Kada posledan Od srca me nasmeam No vratnik nam Krovnica što ne ja znam Pomina crve Ne sme fini jedan za drug Oga ne teče, voda ne gori Neprijatelji sme najgolemi Za nas kasno je vočna vojna
God is not dead. He never died. What man on earth can make one blade of grass? And who can make one seed then make it grow?
For Pedro Show, yeah, Living Rock, Rebecca Turner. What can you tell us about that? That song is sort of like the story of my musical life, and it kind of contains sort of images from all the musical eras of my life. Um, and it's basically about how rock can um, and music can save you, essentially, not to put too fine a point on it. Yeah. Salivating. Salvation. Salvation. Right. And salivation. (laughs) (laughs) After that was fitted, brand new. It's me and Bob Lee with two of the wire guys. Training pit bulls for the Navy. Mike Baguette after that. Canto number two. Miss Canto's album. Uh, I'm going to (coughs) have. Sorry about that. Me and Steve Hodges is going to help him a couple weeks record a new album as uh, MSFV. Pernice Propaganda, Macedonia after that. They smell Fini Eden Sodrog. Scopia, Brother Vasco. Spain, what Josh Hayden. 
Uh, oh. Macedonian, it's kind of Slav, Southern Slavic language. It's beautiful. Yeah. We have a lot of Croatia here, kind of neighbors, cousins of theirs. Uh, I remember when I first came from Virginia, I, I thought it was English sp- spoken backwards. Because <laughs> ah. I'd never heard it before, you know, except uh, yeah. you know, in movies with the uh, uh, Soviets or something. Okay, God is Not Dead from Spain. That's a Johnny Cash to Josh Hayden, Charlie Hayden's son. It says, Did Mids, brand new Stella, Bit Turner, Aresia, Ho from the Can Can Heads out of Finland. And finally, Rebecca Turner with The Cat That Can Be Alone. Can't most cats be alone? It seems they're into that. Well, that actually, that came from, it was a line from Anita, o, Anita O'Day's autobiography, which I read. Oh, wow. Did you ever get to see yeah. her play? I never saw her play, but I but the, her autobiography made such an impression on me that I wrote that song about it. Yeah, Raymond Pettibone several times took me to see her sing. I think she ended wow. up living in the wow. desert. Where you know, did you see her in the desert? Where? No, she was living out there. She'd come into oh, town. She... I saw her, I think, at Catalina's and uh, maybe at the Roosevelt Hotel. Oh, Sunset wow. Boulevard. Yeah, I also saw Ina Sumac there. Yeah, I, I'm sure I saw her at Catalina a few times. Wow, that is amazing. She had a great version of Tangerine. But she took. She went to jail, I think, for Jean Cooper. Yeah, her story. Yes, and that's... The line in the song, um, the line in the, oh, can you hear me? I can hear you very, very full well. The line, okay, the line in the song, um, keeping it cool under lock and key, that's about when she was in jail. Okay. Because um, I just, you know, I just admired her persistence. She kept going and she all she really wanted to do was sing. That was the most important thing to her. And she kept fighting through all these problems and. Yeah, but she yeah. just kept going. She had a very distinct voice too. She's great. It was yeah, beautiful. So, you but, said she lived in the desert. I think that's where she, because it it got it kept her away from the shit. I think. Oh yeah, like in Palm Springs. No, I think it was more like Blythe or Barstow or something like that. Wow! Wow! I don't remember that from the book, but I read it a long time ago. You know, I'm from California too. Okay. Well, I'm not actually from here. I came here when I was nine. Oh, you're from, you're from Virginia. Yeah. But I, so I moved there when I was pretty much lived there from like second grade to eight, age eighteen. Okay, those are far in away. L.A. Yeah, but which part? I mean, <laughs> it's big. Not, not Pedro. Pedro. Um, I grew up like in West L.A., like near UCLA. Ah, yeah, that's called Westwood. Yep, that's where I grew up. Yeah, Nels Klein from around there, Santa Monica. Oh, wow. Yeah. I didn't know that. That's yeah, cool. Yeah, Nels Klein, I've uh, been thinking about a lot lately. He, but he's living in New York City because he loves mm-hmm. the free free jazz scene there. Also married yeah. uh, Mrs. Yukahana. You can see Honda. Uh, tell me about when you first played in front of people. Uh, it was weird. I mean, I just... You know, like I didn't really play an instrument, and then I started to want to write songs, so I figured I better learn the guitar. You don't think a voice is an instrument? 
well, oh, I do. Well, you know, I don't know. That is definitely an issue with me. I have to remind myself that it is. And it's funny that I, I took this jazz class in college, and you had to write a paper on a jazz musician. And there were like 30 kids in this class, and I was the only one who picked a singer. Wow. So I sort of had to argue with people that that is an instrument, you know. Um, so I should remind myself that it is. But, um, well, I figured I had to accompany myself, so I started learning the, the guitar. And, um, you know, I learned enough to play a couple of my songs. And I played at, like, a little folk club or something in the east, uh, in New York, like on Bleecker Street. It was called the Bag It In. And I was, like, 26 or so. I was, you know, pretty old at that by that point. It took me all that time to get up the courage to do it. And uh, did you start writing your own songs right away, or did you copy songs? Um, I started writing, like, when I was around 25 or so. I wrote one song in college, but it was really kind of maudlin and not so great. But um, I don't know how I... I just sort of... I listened to so much music that it just sort of started to... Like, I kind of almost involuntarily started writing songs, um, kind of in my early to mid-twenties. And then bringing them to people, what was that first gig like? Oh, it was really weird. Um, you know, that I don't, you know, like all those places on Bleecker Street, it's like a very touristy area, and the places, you know, the place was kind of like not that exciting, but... I had a lot of friends there, and they were very encouraging of me. And I've always, you know, since college and getting out of college, I've had, like, this really serious, strong circle of musical friends and supporters. And they were all there, and they still are still cheering me on, many of the same people. So they really got me through it. Were you scared? I was not as scared as you would think. I have a lot of anxiety. I'm a very nervous person. But I was weirdly not that scared at that first gig because it all felt very meant to be. And it still feels pretty meant to be. The stuff that slows me down about being a musician is more like just like my own head trips about like, should I be doing this with my life? Is Am I like worthy of performing in front of people? But, it's, but the actual performing itself, it's not that scary. Yeah, I, I asked because it was it was is for me, and so I never really really scary. Yeah, panic shutter. I have to. Kind I mean, of, my thing is the when I'm by myself on stage, it's actually less scary than being with other people because when there's other people up there, then I feel like there's a chance that I could let those other people down. I don't know whether like when I sang with choruses, the bigger the chorus, the more anxiety I had because I started to have these irrational fears that I would like pass out and then the whole show would have to stop whoa but um do you get scared whether or not you're the only person or even if there's other people well you know i did 125 months with the stooges wow and i can't imagine yeah I, I can't either but it happened anyway yeah what have these nightmares but i want to be buried at sea so it's not really in my plan, but I would have these nightmares where there'd be a gravestone. Whoa. And the only thing written on this gravestone is 
fucked up a Stooges gig. Oh my god! Oh my god! That's so, so sad. But I'm you sorry, didn't. I, I, I know what you're talking not. about the collective responsibility, the guilt. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But so, I bet you didn't. Uh. Uh, no, well, yeah, yeah, I just, you know, one thing I learned from playing with D. Boone was, uh, kind of this dervish thing. You just, you know, get enough momentum and uh, try not to second. That's not the time to second guess yourself. I guess. It, yes. That's at other times, that's like when you're composing or doing practice. But when it's time for the gig, you can't really second guess. Yes, you are so right. That's really good advice, and I wish somebody had told me that, like, early on. I mean, I guess I kind of figured it out, but, like, once you're up there, you just keep going no matter what. Yeah, I mean, it still has happened where I've been in situations where I can't believe it, and how am I going to get through this? And Yeah. You just, you know, because something came up or something, and, you know, the show must go on kind of shit, and actually it does. Yeah. Especially when you think about people working all week to get up money to come see you play. And are you going yeah. to give them yeah, some... Or maybe it turns out to be your last gig. And then you look back and like, that was my last gig. Oh, yeah. Yeah, right. So it's Regretville and shit like that. And much sadness. I went, to see, I, I went to see... I went to see my friend play last night. And she was so incredible. She's the most amazing singer on earth. And I totally idolized her. And then I got during the break between sets, I went up to her and I went to hug her. And she said, don't hug me. I'm so sick. I just got the stomach flu. And and I've been throwing up. And I was like, oh, my God, you could not even remotely tell that that was happening to her wow. on stage. She just so, you know. Big respect her. She really pulled it together. I really yeah, respect her. It's like uh, vaudeville ethics. I like yes. It. We're at the end of the first that. hour, November 27, 2019. Dish and Wap special guest Rebecca Turner. Hold tight for hour two. November 27, 2019. It's the second hour of the Wap for Pedro show.
if you can just get your mind together the sunrise from the bottom of the sea uh, are you experienced have you ever been experienced Probably scream and cry That your little world Won't let you go But who in your mess little world Are you trying to prove That you made out gold That you can't be sold
For Pedro Show, start off the second hour with Saturday Morning, Rebecca Turner. You want to tell us about that, Rebecca? Um, that is a Bee Gees song, an old Bee Gees song. Yep. And, um, you know, my husband just had the 45 of it around, and he doesn't even, like, remember where he got it from, but it was just in amongst our 45s. And it's just a beautiful song and I'm not even you know I love the Bee Gees but I'm not one of those and I feel guilty about this I'm not one of those super super early Bee Gees fans like I'm not completely crazy about the mining disaster song but um, you know I I, you know, I actually like you know Jive Talking is more my era but um, I just fell in love with this song and um, the guitar player in my band really like convinced us that we should do it and we did it and he plays a killer, killer guitar solo, and my friend Sue sings a beautiful, beautiful harmony on it. Um, where'd you record that? At Arden Studios in Memphis. Okay, okay, we'll get into that more 
That's where this album yes. was done, right? Um, it the, a third of it was done there. Um, all the cover songs and a couple other parts were done there. We didn't oh, wow. do the whole thing. We have uh, my husband is a mastering guy, a great mastering guy, by the way, and he um, he. We also have you know a, a recording studio in the in our house, and that's where most of it was done. But I was such a big star fan, and we were visiting the south and we decided why don't we like see if we can take a tour of ardent and we did and then we fell in love with it and decided to do some of the record there you know uh tres hombres the zz top record yes it was made there yeah, that's right yeah i mean it's what an incredible record we put it on when we got back and we were like we cannot believe that we were in that same place I can't, you know, it was one of those gatefold albums. Mm-hmm. It up and had it's it. green. <laughs> well, the outside is, the inside's a huge Mexican chow. Well, I think that that, there's a Mexican place next to Ardent. Um, no, no, and this I, place I is know gone. that they told us that those guys went there, and I think that might be that place. Well, there's big stories about it and stuff, and in fact, some guys have recreated that album come. But oh, it, wow. It went out of business years ago, yeah. Yeah. It was called Victor's or somebody like something like that. Oh, okay. So it wasn't the same place. Well, we went to a Mexican restaurant that was Man, I've been near in, the- in the Houston. I've been told about 20 different places it was. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody wants me. Okay, after that, we had Alexander DeLarge with our experience. Henry Kaiser, brand new. He had an elliptic Azalbo. Henry spends a lot of time on the South Pole, you know. Darda with um, felt ill. I feel under attack. I don't feel ill, people. Don't worry, this shit ain't gonna win. Wish Granters, brand new. Still thinking of you. I'm part of this project with uh, Welshman Jamie Morrison, Vince Maroney, Jimmy. Toys that kill. Simon Grab, brand new. Biomechanoids. MB Jones, brand new. Millennium. Millennial Love Song out of Busan. And Rebecca Turner with Water Shoes. Water Shoes. You said a third was done at Arden, a third was done at your pad. Where was the other third done? Oh, um, no, I'm very bad at math, and I guess what I meant was a third was done at Arden. Yeah. And the rest was done at our at our house. Just two pads, okay. Two pads. I mean, if you count Arden as a pad. And I do, because it's a very comfortable thing. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Uh, I was there a couple in Memphis a couple summers ago to do Christmas record with Taff Falco, Larry Mullins, at Sam Phillips Recording Service, but the engineer was from Arden. So, oh, yeah. Arden we, uh, we went, we, we visited Sam Phillips, too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, Who's there? One of the cousins. I met him and uh, nice, nice people. Also, some wrestling connections. Yes, we heard all about the wrestling stuff. Yes, yeah, <laughs> yeah I read this book. Um, it came from Memphis. Yeah. And in that by Robert Gordon, and in that book, I learned all about the wrestling. I mean, stuff Jerry Lawler was the king and stuff, but there was some stuff that I didn't know about, especially with the race stuff. And it was very, very interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Sputnik Monroe. Yeah. 
the, Sputnik there was Monroe, the, there that's was right. the, yeah, because the audience was divided into upstairs and downstairs, and he would work the upstairs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was a big deal and stuff. Um, I think uh, Gene Genie was recorded there. Wow. You know the David Bowie? Yeah, that's my favorite David Bowie song. Yeah, because it's weird. I was watching a thing on Mick Ronson, and he was talking about it. It was just came out of a jam. And I think it's the first take. Yeah. yeah. Wow. He was Mick just showing Ronson how he did it. Yeah, Mick Ronson was such a, a very humble guy. Very, very humble guy. Uh, nobody sees me like you do. That is a Yoko Ono cover. Yeah. And in fact, Howard just gave it to me. Yes. Because I guess it's I, something you wanted to play. So, yeah. Why is that? Well, first of all, I thought it would be maybe more your bag than some other things. Second of all... Uh, um, for me, music is music. I'm not tied yes. up with genre shit. No, really, I grew out of that shit. Yeah. Um, and then also, well, it's a record of, of Yoko, a Yoko Ono tribute record called Cut Pieces, which is referring to that, you know, that um, art exhibit that she had a long time ago where people would just go up to her and cut thing, cut clothes off of her. Yeah. And um, it's uh, all this stuff, just of different people that in the Jersey, well, I guess people are from all area, but mostly New Jersey people doing Yoko Ono covers and it was put together my, by my friend Tony Donato and I really I've always loved Yoko but never been completely into her music but I really love this song um, and I know that Roseanne Cash covered it but I haven't ever brought myself to listen to it because it's too nerve wracking because you know I'm afraid I would hear it and be oh my god why did I even try to do that <laughs> okay let's listen <laughs>
What, from being I, your I, show? I like you said chow. My dad always used to say chow. Yeah, my pop was a sailor. And uh, I guess there was these dogs in China that they, you know, they chowed that were called chows. Oh, oh, chow, chow. Lordy Lord. Yeah, they looked like little lions. Black tongues. Yep. Yeah, beautiful dogs. Uh, but, you know. Yeah, connected it with food, but yeah, Yikes. it's uh, with, when with, uh, with Italian, you know, it's different. It means more. I'm at your service, you know. Yes, but there's yes, another right. the, the, uh, coincidence this way too. When they're like the saluta, you know, chin chin, you know, to celebrate. Yes. Yeah, well, that's Japanese. <laughs> the chin chin is a katsu. <laughs> Oh. Yeah, isn't it true? Uh, let me say, say the songs that we played. We, uh, after we heard you do Nobody Sees This, Sees Me Like You Do, Yokona cover. We had the Lilacs doing Have I Told You, Galaxy C, Brand New with Winda, Troposphere 7, Air, Gray, Parrots, Midwest Medicine, we're actually from uh, Portland, Maine, Insults, and finally, Automatic Remorse with the ultimate exposer. <laughs> I think about these days, you know, will there ever be an ultimate exposer? Because you just see things can't be outdone. They just get more ridiculous. That's and, true. <laughs> yeah. You ever think about writing songs topical? Yeah, well, this time I actually did more of that than I ever did. Um my first two records were all totally, you know, about me. And this record, I actually, the song Water Shoes is about some friends of mine. Um, the Cat That Can Be Alone is about Anita O'Day. The song Cassandra is about a country singer named Miranda Lambert, who I love. Um, and, yeah, so I started, I started writing songs about things other than myself, which was, like, really liberating and really great. Well, but I, not, I don't know that I've ever read. Oh, there is a sort of topical song on the record. It's called Tom Tom, and it's about when my friend Tom went to Japan when he was a teenager. I wrote it with my friend Tom Lucas, and he went to Japan. His mother is Japanese. He didn't know any Japanese, so but he went to a store, and he found this XTC VHS tape which was like a compilation of their videos. And he just watched that the whole summer and that made him feel better. And that's what that song is about. So I guess that's kind of topical. When I think topical, I think of some of my old punk records, you know, from the early days, of the movement, like uh, the weirdos and the controllers both having a song called the neutron bomb. Cause obviously right. there was a story out about the new neutron or, um, Several bands had the Hillside Strangler, right? Because there was a... Oh, yeah, so, like and, about... Or, and, you know, the Midnight Rambler. Or, 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 yeah, yeah, maybe... That's a little more universal. Some things are just tied so true. much to the moment. Anyway, it's fun talking about But like, pre like pretty... No, a good Lord. song's a good song. It's trippy if they mean anything. <laughs> Excuse me, when you can make it. But we're at the end of the second hour. November 27, 2019, Dish Watt Special guest Rebecca Turner, whole type round three. November 27, 2019, it's third hour of the Watt for Pedro show.
I'm going there. Sealed? Are they sealed? Blood on my left hand and tea on my right. Lemon, no milk. Are they sealed by my eyes? I'm going to. I'm going to have it. The trees I can't capture can capture my eyes. This train is moving with scars on each wrinkle, cars on each track, rope hills and leaf mask. I'm going to. I'm going to have it. Said the scars I can't capture can't capture my eyes. And the trees? Have you appreciated a tree today? When I was 10, I used to climb a tree every day when I got home from school. But that's a story for another time. My son, fall passenger. Because you can't divide day with word and night with the night. A tree with my legs and love with what's right. I'm going to have it. I'm going to have it. I'm going up. Those orange stabbing trees, they go up, they go up, they go up, they go up, they go up with their own brand of green, dark emerald skirt, separated one for every ten by the length of a body. You got a light coffin? I want a light coffin made out of pure light. And one for my saxophone and one for my might. Night would be better, but might not be true. I'm talking to myself over talking to you. I talk to myself while I'm talking to you. I talk to myself while I talk to you. Talking to myself like I talk when I'm you. Talking to myself while I talk when I'm you. I talk to myself when I'm talking to you. I talk you all the jokes. I want my light coffee to be lined with faded red velvet. With a pocket kind of top case box-like thing by my head. And by my side, and near the feet, unopened top divide. Just go look at a sax case and get the measurements. You'll know what I mean when you see it. To have it. I'm going to. The difference between my saxophone coffin and a saxophone case? There are details I could give. But only once I get there, only once I get there, only once. I get there And once I get there I can assure you there'll be need for alterations And before I get there I'll pretend to care By using hexadecimal numbers And never being satisfied Oh no, 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 never being satisfied It's my people Don't blame the child No, don't blame the child I'm gonna I'm gonna many opinions give me start and i will start but even better is to have to have i not share to have i not stare and then to have many shares to have all the having i'm gonna have it. i'm gonna have and not share to have i not stare and then to have many shares to have all the having i'm gonna
singular rise that always pays to play. I'm going down. Don't you get better than me on me. I started that game before you could you, you cowards. You cowards amongst them, I have risen. I'm going down. Take a drive with me on a Saturday, and I will explain to you all the things that I wanted to. To the hills around to rain. 
here's the part that I make up My dear, good morning, welcome to my room The earth shakes with precious Wap for Pedro Show. Start off the third hour with Rebecca Turner doing Tom Tom. You want to tell us about that, Rebecca? Yeah, that was the song about um, my friend Tom going to Japan. And it's basically about a videotape that he watched of um, a compilation of XTC videos. So I kind of name-checked the guys from XTC in there. And it's, again, on the theme of, which you could say my whole record is kind of about, of music kind of saving you and pulling you through situations. Redeemed. There's a Blue Oyster Cult song on the first album. Oh, I love Blue Oyster Cult. On the first album, I think the last song was called Redeemed. And it always was the strangest song. And when I found out later that they were into the Grateful Dead, I thought it was maybe a tribute to them. Never understood that song. That's um, interesting. I will go listen to it. I don't know that song. It's the last song of the first album. It's called Redeemed. It's about Christmas and Serastus Bear and teaching children how to play. And I mean, it's not your tip. It's not workshop with the telescopes or tel- stairway yeah. and stuff. <laughs> anyway, we had trash comedy doing jam number nine. That's Crane. John Ragnowski and Dirk. Dirk's got recovering from some surgery. So everybody think about him. Crane, after that, sometimes in my dream, Crane's still making music up in Idaho. Zelber Dome with Sagan Machinery. Andre Vita out of Berlin with Tab. And, and finally, Radio Way, Rebecca Turner. How, how long did it take you to record all these tunes? Um, the With the new album... Um, it was really short. We started in January of 2019, and we finished in the summer. And that's that's include, never happened to me. Before. That's including your Memphis trip. <laughs> that's including the Memphis trip. Yeah. Um, and it just it was all I guess because I hadn't made a record in like 10 years, so I had a lot of songs saved up. Ah, uh, so you didn't really have to write. Uh, I'd been writing kind of that whole time, but yeah, I that's had what like I mean. seven. Yeah, I had around seven at the end of 20, at like sort of mid-2018, and I, but I was really determined to have a whole album's worth, because I still think in terms of albums, I could not, Collections I had of songs. to have like, 
Yeah, I do. And I wanted to make a vinyl recording, too. Sure. So I really felt like I needed the right amount. Uh, Land of My Baby. That's from my first record. Yeah. That's the name of my first. Yeah, because I'm playing some older ones here. Uh, mm -hmm. This is earlier in your songwriting thing. Yeah, it's like 20, 2005. And Radio Wave was about L.A. That was from like 2009. So that's when you were still... No, 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 that's after. Oh, I confused you, sorry. Yeah, because you, you left California after <laughs> high school, right? I did. Yeah. Uh, well, let's listen. Land of my baby. Over there, over yonder, you see that big gray building and storm.
Well, for Pedro Show, last music from this edition. Rebecca Turner, Land of My Baby. So you were saying your first stuff uh, was about you. Yeah. And for, with this record here, you wanted to get outside you a little bit. Yeah, which I, you know, that's a kind of a growing up type of thing. Yeah. Land of my teenager nowadays. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, electric so brother. Land What's that? Oh, Land of My Baby was about, yeah, I mean, that was kind of about, like, when you're at work and your loved ones are somewhere else, but then you realize, and you sort of start thinking about where they are and what they're doing. What kind, like, Stasi thoughts? Um, no, <laughs> more like, um... <coughs> Sorry, I have to watch that one. More, more, like, more like, what are they having for lunch? Yeah, okay. <laughs> That's what I thought too. Electric Bell Land yeah. after that from Germany with Come On, Home with My Girl. Unlux with Cigarettes and Tears. Damien Gerardo. Gerardo, I should say. Uh, Matasano. And uh, A.B. Normal. Brother Phil up in uh, uh, Mammoth. Take Five. Hodad Funk. And finally, circumstances. Rebecca Turner, another old one. Well, that's actually that's from the new record. Oh, it is. I screwed yep. up. I screwed up because I wanted to finish with the. I wanted to go backwards in your thing. Anyway, you wanted to say something. You know, some people don't want to talk about their songs. You know, they said that's why I oh, wrote I, them. I don't mind. Yeah, so you don't have to. You know what? Because people say that's why <laughs> they, they wrote them in the first place, right? Oh, no, I don't mind at all. Okay. I don't mind at all. Um, that one is about, oh, that's kind of like making fun of, like, my, you know, this my suburban existence that I have. And, um, you know, um, it's basically from the point of view of a fictional singer-songwriter who has, uh, who has a, a, a spouse who is trying to encourage them to keep going and write music, even though they're like just wigging out with daily life. And um, it's kind of like what happened to me. Like, you know, my husband really kept encouraging me to keep making music, even though, you know, just lots of things got in the way. Um, and that's, that's sort of pretty much what that's about. You know what I think is something really important to always remember? Is Vincent painted only his last 10 years? Mm-hmm. He didn't do that as a boy. Oh, yeah. And, like, I'm, I'm amazed at how many people around me who are my age are, like, just getting better and better at what they do and just, like, becoming mind-bogglingly better. And I really feel like people, artists, get so much better as they get older. And your next plan? My next plan is, well, I I really loved recording that song tenderly, which I did because on the record it comes right after The Cat Can Be Alone because it was a song that I learned off an Anita O'Day record. So the next recording I do, I want to do all old songs like that, plus possibly try to write some new songs that sound old. New songs that sound old. So in yeah. a, kind of an older style. Yeah. Well, 
Well, you know, I put um, Tenderly up there with the beginning of the show with John Coltrane and Thelonious Monk because I, I did feel the jazz thing. Mm-hmm. But like I also said a little later, when you said something might be up more on my alley, I really believe music is about melodies and rhythms, feelings. Yeah. yeah. It's not really about genre. I think that was some yeah. kind of a dance that marketing people try to use to make their job easier. Yes, that's very true. The word genre is just an awful word to begin with. It, it, it really backfired on the listeners. Because yeah. it got them trapped in, you know what I mean? And uh, What were they in those days? It was called the bins. Oh, what, Lord, What yes. bins were well, you in? For the longest time, our records <laughs> were in the import bin because, of course, that's where records from the movement was, from import, you know, imported from Lawndale. Yeah. Right. We, just, we get caught in these uh, metal Berlin Wall tra traps, you know. Yeah. So, what I'm hoping when I hear your next record is more of the Rebecca Turner that I hear in this stuff. Whatever uh, device and, and, and method, you know, these are all kinds of things you're using to help get your voice across, right? Yeah. It's beautiful that you, uh, yeah, you asked Miss O'Day for some help. She came to the rescue. That, that's a beautiful it's thing about the beautiful. arts in a way, isn't it? How humans can connect without one that having not to dominate the other. You can be inspired by each other. Yeah, and she, yeah, she really inspired me. I also, I, I all love another day, which is Doris Day, and on the next record, I'm going to do a bunch of her songs. Yeah, she's great. She's great. You know, I'll tell you, the, you know, I saw Anita Day with Raymond, but she was not in her early years. It was her later years. And I oh, got, yeah. But I got to tell you, that was inspiring to see. Somebody playing. Yeah, I, could, yeah. I, I would have given anything to see her, yeah. You could see her, her body just shake with the, with the spirit, you know, mm -hmm. her, her voice and her feeling. And uh, especially this racket I'm from, this this angle was, was supposed to be youth music, and, you know. Give me a break. Yeah. <laughs> I just did a tour where the drummer was seven months short of 40 years younger than me. Yeah, well, I was listening to your conversation with Dan Francia, who I know. Oh, yeah. And I was loving, yeah. He's sort of part of this whole extended musical New Jersey community that I'm a part of. Yeah, he, and, was, um, he was a great cat to talk to. I, I, I enjoyed his uh, journey through music very much. He's a great cat. And also, I loved how you guys were talking about the mix of, you know, older people and younger people playing together because it's very yeah. much, it's just, it seems so natural to me. But like you were saying, it kind of wasn't common in the past. No, no. It's our own fault, but we're, we're, we're trying to fix it. <laughs> I want to thank you, Rebecca, so much for being on the show. And I want to thank your husband for inspiring you to keep going, keep on keeping on. It's one time John Fogarty gave me a note. That said that after D Boone. And he and also he, let me use his phone. That's bitching too, so make this show uh, <laughs> uh, possible. The most yes. yeah, essential aiding and uh, better. People, yes. it's been uh Watt Peter Show November twenty seventh, twenty nineteen edition. Special guest Rebecca Turner. Keep your powder dry. <laughs>